I am. I am. Wait, who am I? <laughs> who am I anyway? Am I my resume that is a picture of a person I don't know? I guess before we get into the whole bucket of worms, I should probably explain this text. Well, if you've been here before, um, you are not surprised that I'm preaching from an extra canonical text. The Thunder Perfect Mind is another one of those texts found with uh, the 51 others in the Nag Hammadi collection. Now, if you don't know what that is or need a refresher, you can catch up in a previous episode, try sermon entitled, No Better, Do Better. Similarly to the other texts I've preached on, this one was written around the same time as the other texts in our traditional New Testament canon, sometime between the first and third century, with the ending tacked on later, like in the Gospel of Mark. Written in Coptic in a poetic form, this is the only manuscript that exists. In the original, the verses I read are actually marked as column 13, lines 16 through 27. The chapter and verse thing was added later. And as with our other texts, authorship is uncertain as well. I love this text because it presents a divine who is both humiliated and glorified. In a mostly feminine voice, she proclaims her own deep pain and glorious boldness. Scholar Anne McGuire asserts that thunder allows for the possibility of boundary crossing, from ignorance to knowing, while indicating the liminality of the speaker who is betwixt and between categories of knowledge and ignorance, shame and boldness, alien and citizen, the scholars from a new New Testament further assert that thunder breaks down the many ways women are stereotyped. Glorious, shameful, corrupt, powerful, opaque. This voice associates women with the divine in unexpected ways and makes herself more real relative to life's challenges, promises, and ironies. It identifies deeply with people in trouble and under violent attack. These scholars go on to say that although mostly speaking as feminine divine, the voice in thunder occasionally speaks as masculine divine. This is similar to Jesus in John, in Matthew, in 1 Corinthians, where Jesus is actively associated with feminine figure of wisdom and as such becomes both feminine and masculine. Also in the Odes of Solomon, which you've heard me preach on before, check the previous episodes. This diffused engenderedness opens up space where ideas of what is feminine and masculine are challenged. It works to undo and flex meanings and identities related to women and men. Thunder deconstructs standard images of feminine and masculine and makes room for a number of new understandings in relationship to unsteady and flexible meanings of feminine, masculine, and queer identifications. Thunder reminds us that your life is a sham till you can shout out loud, I am what I am. This is where queer movements can help illuminate ancient portraits of thunder and Jesus. The holding of both power and shame happens in another of our ancient texts, the Gospel of John. These are the only two texts where the divine voice presents itself as simultaneously glorious and humiliated. They are also both uh, use self-predication, these I am statements, to share a narrative of the divine figure. In John we hear, I am the light of the world, I am the gate, I am the vine, I am the good shepherd, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In this moment, Will you offer up some of your own I am statements? Just in the chat there, I'm gonna keep going, but let's write this poem together. Who are you? I am every woman. It's all in me. Okay, I have to stop myself from trying to put every song reference that came to mind in this sermon, but I digress. <laughs> Back on track. 
McGuire goes on to state that the divine voice in this text associates herself with female roles that frequently serve to divide and reduce women to polar opposites, to reinforce the oppressive polarization of scorn and honor, like whore and holy woman. By including both within the divine, Thunder pushes both beyond their literal sense and valuation and links this voice directly to conflicting and or sometimes overlapping roles to women. It opens new possibilities for critique and interpretations of what we viewed as polarities, the identities they shape and the values they ascribe to female gender in its divine and human manifestations. Then there's the relational language of gender, kinship, and childbirth. Wife and virgin identify the speaker as one who both shares in and transcends the usual conflicting roles of unmarried and married. Mother and daughter identifies her with the most fundamental kinship roles by which women are related to others and one another. Limbs of my mother is an extension of mother and relationship to eminence and transcendence, particularity and universality within the divine and the divine of others and our ancestors. The barren one and the one with many children undermines polarity that defines the values of women by their productive capacity or incapacity, their fertility or infertility, and revalues both by placing them together within the divine. It relates labor pains to the midwife who has no children, placing the experience of pain and power to confront these, or to comfort these uh, specifically female pains within the identity of the divine, furthering a relation to the uh, divine powers of healing and the experience of women in pains of childbirth and infertility alike. I could say a whole lot more on the scholarly work on this text, but instead let's have that conversation afterwards in Chat and Chew and in our members portal this week. If you can't make Chat and Chew or you need some time to chew on this sermon, post in the portal, let's talk. I will be there ready to listen. So how's our poem coming in the chat? How's it looking? What did we write? Knowing uh, what you've now heard about Thunder, would you change anything you wrote? Add to it? Take something away? Here are some I am statements that don't necessarily belong to me, but in the spirit of thunder are my limbs. I am she who holds three basketball-related Guinness World Records and she who picked up spelling as a hobby. I am she who is that girl and she who is punished for how I coped with the loss of my mother during a high-stakes time and scorned for my homophobic tweets. I am she who gets angry at unfair calls from referees and she who consoles my young black Japanese opponent who didn't want to win like this. I am she with big natural hair and she who moves through water like a fish. I am she who is celebrated for my openness and wit on social media and she whose old tweets have come back to remind her of what a miserable mean girl I once was. I am she who dials up the difficulty of my routines because I can, and she whose level of difficulty is not acknowledged. I am she who is one of the best tennis players in the world, and she who will not play in order to prioritize my mental health. I am she, the mother, who is a decorated Olympian in track and field and knows the struggles of finding childcare. I am she who exists in all fears and in trembling boldness. I am every woman. It is all in me. And if the divine is within me, then I can tap into that source. I have everything I need. Beloved, we contain multitudes. 
Sometimes the villain is you. Sometimes the toxic person is you. Because hurt people hurt people. We think we are fighting for liberation, but we are actually just fighting ourselves, fighting old wounds and past pains. And we are losing, my friends, the fight for liberation because we cannot face and heal our pain. We spend so much time looking at external forces and not enough time at who we are and all the things that make up us and everyone else, especially those parts we don't want to face. Heal the pain. You can't fix what you won't face. I know it's scary, but operating out of that fear is an old model that is no longer serving you. Your fear was about your survival, but you are no longer in survival mode. Those very things you did to survive as a child are the very things that will kill you as an adult. Heal the kid inside of you. Let them know they are okay. I love you. I see you. I got you. We keep thinking that the battle of liberation is external, but that battle sits a lot closer to home, right in our very souls. Our liberation is tied up in each other, in Ubuntu. I am because you are. So then we have got to get this part right if we want to go anywhere. We have got to truly know ourselves. Because as theologian Oprah Winfrey says, when you know better, you do better. So how to do this? Well, one way is to journal and ask yourself some real questions about who you are. The questions that are in today's bulletin. And P.S. There's a cute journal in the home collection of our store if you're looking for a new notebook. And after hearing this sermon, you'll probably get a kick out of what it says on the front. Another way is to talk to your therapist about this and about these questions. Or you can have a deep conversation with a trusted friend over a cup of tea or something stronger. Who are you? The voice of thunder replies, I am. Who are you? We have got to get some real honest answers about this. In the name of the one who holds us and keeps us and finds us faultless, may it be so. Amen. <laughs>